Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to watchnebula.com slash not overthinking with a little hyphen thing in between the not and the overthinking. So watchnebula.com slash not dash overthinking. Through Nebula, you'll firstly get access to all of our podcast episodes ad-free. Secondly, you'll see exclusive content from me and a load of other educational-ish creators. And thirdly, it directly supports this podcast. So you'll incentivize me and Tame to record more episodes. My name is Ali. I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor. I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Hello, and welcome back to Not Overthinking. Taymor, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm actually really looking forward to this episode. I think it's going to be a really good one. <laughs> um, but yeah, the week's gone by really quick. It feels like it was just yesterday that we were recording last week's episode. How, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a very solid week. And today, this episode is particularly exciting because we are joined by our mutual friend, Sheen. Sheen, hello. Hi, guys. How are you today? Doing great. Uh, th- yeah, thanks for joining, Sheen. Sheen uh, is a friend of both of ours from university, uh, and she's also a podcaster herself. Uh-huh. Sheen, do you want to give a quick intro on you? Um, yeah, so my podcast is called Dream Girl. I started inspired by you guys, obviously. And then, um, so, but I, it's a very different style to yours. It's more of an interview style where I have different female guests every week and we just talk about their journey, their career, their aspirations kind of thing. Awesome. Sounds great. We'll put a link in the show notes. Um, so this week, uh, I think last, you know, we've, we've had b- b- lots of comments over the, over the years mm-hmm. saying that, uh, we are slightly misogynistic on the podcast. And so that is something that I wanted to dig into this week. And actually following last week's episode, we had a bunch of comments <laughs> specifically saying, man, that episode, last week's episode was really misogynistic. We had like multiple people saying this uh, on Twitter, the DMs. Um, and so, yeah, I thought it'd be great to actually dig into this and Sheen in particular, get your thoughts on like, you know, what are the, what are the things that we're doing or saying that are, uh, are misogynistic or could be interpreted as misogynistic and how do we you know how do we get better going forwards sure i have Um, a question before we launch into this do you only get this based on the podcast or do you get this in general as part of your conversations as well like in real life in real life i don't get it in real life ali do you get it in real life uh it depends on the friendship group (laughs) (laughs) depends if it's a girl that i'm friends with (laughs) (laughs) No, so I don't. Th- I think I don't really get it in real life. I used to have these sorts of gender issues discussions a lot at university. Like in my in my first like two three years of university, um, sort of stopped having them after that for various reasons. But I mean, it's the sort of thing I'm very interested in as a general topic, and I th- I, I always think it makes for interesting discussion for people who are who who also feel the same way. So yeah. Okay, so you don't get it in real life, Timur, but on the podcast, you also get accused of it, not just Ali. I, ha- I have a feeling the accusations of the podcast are mainly directed at Ali. <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb. That's what I was that. trying to get to, okay. <laughs> Ali, does that seem fair or accurate? Uh, so you've seen most of the comments about the podcast rather than me. So if that's your, that's your assessment of it, then... Yeah, let's start with the comments. I, I, I've seen a few, but not all of them. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I just think Ali is sort of willing to say a bit more risque stuff. Okay, so before we launch into that, um, Ali, who's sponsoring today's episode? Oh, yes. This episode is brought to you by none other than Skillshare. Yes, they are sponsoring us yet again for 2021, which is absolutely fantastic. Skillshare, if you guys haven't heard by now, is a fantastic online platform for classes on a load of random things. Well, not random things, but like really useful things from business and entrepreneurship to creativity and design and interior design and cooking. In fact, I've got seven classes on Skillshare at this point. Two of them are about productivity. Two of them are about effective studying. One of them is about how to be happier using lessons from stoicism. And I've even recently released one where a friend of mine teaches me how to cook, uh, which is a little bit dubious. But if you want to check all of those out, you can get a free trial of Skillshare by going to skillshare.com forward slash not overthinking pod. And then after your free trial, uh, the annual premium subscription is less than $10 a month. That gives you free access to the thousands of online classes that they've got over at Skillshare. And it's definitely much better for you than a subscription to Netflix. So yeah, skillshare.com forward slash not overthinking pod to sign up to your free trial or hit the link in the show notes. How was that? Loved it. It gets better every time, actually. Sheen, what do you think? Loved you, you it. sold on Skillshare? I'm sold. I'm sold. Amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. We'll give you your cut after the episode. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, by the way, your camera is like very, I mean, Ali's in the center of the frame and then Sheen's kind of off to the side. Why don't you just uh, shuffle a bit? Can you not move the camera? Or like uh, no, twist no. being constrained by the desk right now. Oh, okay. All is right, this well, better? I guess yeah, I, I guess. Uh, it should be a center to you as well. Um, okay, cool. So how should we approach this? So Sheen, actually, did you, did you get a chance to listen to last week's episode of the podcast? I did. I, I listened to the middle section of it. Oh, the, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, the yeah. Section. Okay. <laughs> I did. Um, Right, so I'll, I'll give a quick recap for people who didn't listen to last week's episode. So there was maybe the, for about 20 minutes, I think Ali was talking about how... Ali was talking about some of the uh, advice that he's gotten from friends of his, um, primarily female friends, about how he can be uh, more attractive to women in general. And the advice was uh, things like, you know, you want to project more masculine energy and less feminine energy. So wear less pink and wear more black, things like that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, don't be so like, uh, I guess, smiley and chirpy in your YouTube videos and maybe be a bit more like stoic and, uh, um, you know, cool, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I suppose. You know, th- th- things of that nature. And so we were just kind of talking about, uh, yeah, some of these things that, that other people have told Ali about how he can be more attractive to women. Is, is that a fair assessment? Sheen and Ali, you both listened to the episode. Yeah, that's a good summary, I think. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, to, to, to be honest, I'm, I'm baffled as to why that resulted in accusations of misogyny. And I would, yes. I would love to understand why. Because in my head, that doesn't seem at all misogynistic. But clearly, if people think it is, then there is some kind of understanding or interpretation gap here which I think we're all, we're all keen to understand. I think the first thing is it was very clear that you were sharing what other people told you rather than sharing your own opinions about this, right? I thought so. <laughs> I thought so too after yeah. listening yesterday. So I do agree with you on that, that it wasn't your own thoughts and feelings about this. You were not saying that pink makes you look more feminine. So you getting hating, like you said, that is not right. But if you were to dig a bit deeper into the actual statements, what do you guys think of the statements before we launch into this? I mean, so I, I, th- I, I think on on the podcast, I actually I actually said that I was highly skeptical of all of them. I was like, really, like you're taking this stuff seriously? Yeah. Um, so I, I, 
Look, I, I think it, bro- it broadly makes sense on a very macro level. Like if you're really trying to sort of optimize your image on a very macro level, given that you know nothing about the potential audience, then fine. Yes, wearing black might make you seem a bit more masculine than wearing pink, you know, things like that. But these kind of really macro level, very general optimizations, I, I, I don't know. I'm not super into them myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you? Um, I think usually when... So, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with that point that these are kind of macro broad level generalizations Mm -hmm. and i suppose the way that i see it is point number one which people may or may or may not disagree with it is the fact that or let's say not fact is the idea that you can even make such a macro broad level level generalization that is often i find when i have these conversations in real life uh you you know with friends in good faith where we're all arguing well we're, we're all talking about this fairly dispassionately i find that that is point number one where the the comment will often be made is oh but you can't really make such a generalization because all women are different mm-hmm. all words to that effect and so i think Tamil, the fact that you the, the the way you're talking about it now it's it's <laughs> it's basically as if it's a given that you can make these broad macro level generalizations yeah um, yeah, yeah i guess so and um, I, I agree i agree that you can but often that is a stumbling block and with with, with these conversations going forward um, yeah so actually some of the people um who um message on twitter uh, had issue with the generalizations. Let me just, um, I'm not going to like specifically out any particular people, but I'll sort of summarize what people said. Um, okay, yeah, someone objected to um, us referring to the ladies as a monolithic group. Um, so I, I guess that's that's kind of the idea of like generalization. generalization. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, disliking the generalization. Okay. Uh, yeah, the, uh, someone said uh, that we apparently tend to assign specific traits and behaviors to different to the the different genders and that is um sort of bad basically um and just a sec yeah i think i think the the general vibe that some people get when because look the thing is we i mean we've occasionally talk about this kind of thing on the podcast like dating or whatever and we generally don't talk about sort of you know, women or gender stuff outside of that context, because like, we're two dudes, what the hell are we going to talk about? Like about women, just the two of us. Like, so the, the only, the only context in which we sort of opine or chat about stuff relating to gender and, um, you know, male, female interaction is, is through the lens of dating. And so I think when that is the only airtime that sort of women's issues or whatever you want to call it, (laughs) get, gets on the podcast, then it kind of gives this impression that, um, yeah, I think it probably gives like a very skewed impression because like the, the only times we talk about women, we're like talking about how to be more attractive or, or whatever, you know? And I, and I think some people get the the impression that um, we're sort of, uh, yeah, someone said this in a tweet, uh, each time you talk about women, it's as if you were talking about some kind of foreign and mysterious creatures that are so difficult to understand. <laughs> um does that make sense, Sheen? I, I I can see how someone would get that vibe. Oh, I understand now that now that you said, you know, you guys only talk about women in this light of because why else would you yeah, talk about like, women? Yeah. I understand that. That makes sense, right? Yeah. Because unless I don't know, unless you're talking about role models and stuff, which we have discussed before with Ali, that you don't tend to have a lot of female role models in your life, do you? I mean, because, apart from my mum. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> but yes. If she's listening to this, I've got that brownie point. 
Um, but yeah, so that that kind of maybe that's what people mean. You know, you never talk about maybe some woman that you look up to or you're very proud of the work that they've done, or you talk about this woman that you're impressed by what they've done. But the only time you talk about women is in this dating light. So that might be where this is coming from, right? Do, do uh, you see the other side of this? Potentially, but I, I, I actually think that is, uh, I think that's inaccurate. And I think, I think this, is, this is something that one of the people on Twitter also mentioned. Uh, I think they, they mentioned you know, a bunch of stuff of like, oh, I don't like that you make generalizations and a few other things. Oh, and by the way, like all the people you ever talk about on the podcast are men, like all the books you read are by men and stuff like that. And this is, this is just factually, it could not be further from the okay, truth. <laughs> I, I think the most, the most mentioned book and author <laughs> is Agnes Callard and her book Aspiration. I mention Ag Agnes and Aspiration almost every episode for the past six months mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. um, by far, she, you know, she's the most cited person on this podcast. Um, the stuff that I was sort of, you know, we had a couple of episodes digging into a bunch of stuff relating to kids. All the sources for that, so all the people who wrote those papers, also women, or rather not men, um, I'm actually not sure uh, how they identify. And then a bunch of the other books that we've uh, sort of mentioned and talked about are also by women. And so I feel like what, yeah, I, I actually think that that criticism is really unfair. And I wasn't, I was kind of annoyed um, when I when I read that on Twitter, because I think, all right, here's the thing. I, I think when it comes to sort of controversial topics, you know, like gender or whatever, you know, race and things like that. When it comes to controversial topics, the thing that makes it difficult to talk about them is that there's a danger of someone not actually listening to precisely what you're saying and just looking at the broad theme and pattern matching it onto some bad thing. So for example, if someone says, you know, um, all right, let me try and think of an example <laughs> that's uh, not not too problematic. Uh, right. So, for example, if if some if some you know someone might say in a conversation, oh, I think I think there are biological differences between men and women, right? And you know that's that's quite a specific statement. You know, you're, you're not saying anything particularly extreme. <laughs> you're you're saying something quite specific and quite constrained. And if, for example, two dudes on a podcast. Uh, say something like, oh, I think there are biological differences between men and women. Then someone, you know, someone who's listening, there's there's a danger of them just like pattern matching it onto, oh, two dudes talking about women. Oh, they're saying there's differences between men and women. Oh, so are you, you're saying women are inferior to men kind of thing? And I, and I think this, this sort of, uh, this sort of framing of like, oh, so you're saying X, Y, and Z is something that comes up quite a lot. And I think I, this particularly annoys me because I do try and take a lot of care to be very specific and precise about what I'm saying and the language I'm using and to then like have someone sort of squint squint at that and think it looks kind of similar to some you know something problematic that someone else might have said um you know that I find that really really frustrating and I think that's that's a lot of what actually um goes on what actually makes these conversations difficult is because yeah people take the specific sort of thing they sort of blur it a bit they sort of squint and they zoom out and then they sort of you know paint over it with some generic or uh, you know these people are saying x y and z when actually they're not yeah this is 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 actually uh one of jordan peterson's most common uh critiques of having these sorts of similar conversations um with you well if you if you watch interviews by him often the, the, the people in the comments will be pointing out explicitly 
the fact that he is so careful with the words that he uses and how the interviewer, whether man or woman, will often take a specific point, turn it into a generalization and try and put words in his mouth. It's interesting even to mention Jordan Peterson because there are going to be some people listening to this who take issue with Jordan Peterson as, as a whole, probably not having read much of his stuff or seen much of his stuff, but have but sort of view him as a, a figure for, I don't know, whatever, bad things. And therefore, oh my God, two dudes on a podcast mentioning Jordan Peterson, this is bad with a capital B, regardless of what is actually being said. What do you think of that, Sheen? I think I agree with you with the whole extrapolation thing, especially if you know that you are being careful in the way you weigh the words that you use, etc. Then you will always find some people who will, you know, nitpick and find the issue with what you're saying. And as you said, I, I totally relate with the whole um, sometimes people just listen to one bit of it and then they just, they yeah. just assume based on previous experience or on what they think is wrong. Then they just think, yeah. OK, this is terrible. I, I'll agree on you. Uh, on this one with you. Yeah, so I think that's that, that's partly what makes these makes it difficult to talk about these things. And I think it's, I think it's just really bad. Like this is the reason that you know, there's this concept of the Overton window or whatever, right? Of like the window of acceptable things that you can talk about in public. And you know, lots of people are saying, "Oh man, the Overton window is like really shrinking. Like there's there's you know, get, becoming fewer and people fewer things you can talk about." Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. With people being woke, the with window people being woke, is shrinking. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I think a big reason is because, you know, you can try if you even if you try and have like a very specific and precise conversation, it 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 can often be misconstrued into something else. Uh, and and look, it doesn't mean that these conversations won't happen. The, the conversation will just happen more in public. <laughs> like, I, I, I think, in yeah, in sorry, uh, sorry, more in private rather. Um, yeah, I think like, you know, what, whatever, like dangerous ideas, if you want to call them that are, you know, are floating out there and are becoming less and less easy to talk about in the mainstream the ideas aren't going away they're just going into private group chats and private groups and and things like that um and i think i i think this thing of like not not understanding precisely what someone is trying to say and instead like brushing over it um with with some other thing that is like a big reason and i think this is just really bad i think it's i think it's terrible do you feel similarly sheen i feel like about 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 this particular point which one? The Overton window point that the uh, the 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 realm of quote acceptable things to say in public is shrinking mm-hmm. over time, and mm-hmm. Tamil's view is that this is bad. Mm-hmm. Would okay. you? To what extent do you agree? Yeah, so I think there are some good things about the window shrinking, right? Because there okay. are things like um, being racist, being sexist, and being ableist are, are yeah, yeah. now not acceptable, and I think that's a bit more inclusive to people. Although yeah. you can't talk about these things now, but it means that a lot more people are not being offended anymore, and I think that's good. Yeah, but I yeah, do yeah. agree on the point that people are also now <laughs> offended by everything and anything. And this is very, I think this is a bit controversial, but I think obviously we should be able to communicate our point of view without feeling like you will offend somebody, therefore you can't share this. Because as Tamor said, it doesn't mean that you don't think like this anymore. It just means that you're not sharing it with people in public. So it doesn't really solve the problem that people think they're solving by shrinking the window, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's definitely, you know, Lots of good things about <laughs> about it being unacceptable to say certain things in public, for sure. Um, yeah. So I guess kind of taking a step back, we started with the idea of macro level generalizations, uh, which we still need to sort of okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. untangle a little yeah. bit. And then sort of usually 
I think the 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 way the argument usually goes is that okay, uh, a assuming that it is possible mm -hmm. in the first place to make broad macro level generalizations about a group of people. Um, at that point, the next question becomes: To what extent is it useful to make macro broad level generalizations about said group of people? Yeah. To what extent does it? Can it? Should it inform your personal behavior in whatever domain you want? Um, and is this like a a moral good <laughs> or a moral bad, regardless of what the outcome, what the goal oriented outcome might be? Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of the uh, that's my understanding of the argument in abstract. Um, but I guess we should start with the generalization issue because we still haven't figured out mm -hmm. um how do how, how do you feel about generalization yeah, yeah generalizing women or men okay yeah so the problem i have with generalization is that it kind of once you're looking at someone through the subjective lenses of the group that they should belong to then you are kind of removing like taking them away from being the subject to their own story so that's kind of like group versus individual right and that's kind of the otherize term that has come up that you you then and the problem with that comes with that is that now people are so individualistic and like people are very different from each other and the fact that you're grouping everyone together based on their gender or their race then it not only is demeaning but it also limits their power and what they can achieve because it limits it to the power of the group that you are putting them into. And I think that that's a bit problematic, uh, a bit. Uh, it's very problematic. And I think um, I take issue personally with generalization. I do not I do not agree with using general terms. I don't think it is valid in any way. And as a scientist, there are also many, many, many conversations about generalization in terms of studies because, you know, studies are done in smaller population. And then there's this big conversation happening whether how um, transferable is this data, how transferable is it to the general, um, the general, <laughs> to all the population. And I think that's why... Um, having seen it on both sides and i have seen you know how you know you can't do a study for example with everyone in the world so you do have to do it in a smaller population and then um, extrapolate that result and i understand that but i do not see the point when we're talking about social things about you know gender or race why we should have a general idea of what people are i know it, i know it instructs like social interactions and it, it might help you with um deciding how you will behave but i do not agree with the concept in general so there we go uh wait sorry you so you said you don't agree with the concept in general does that mean does that mean you don't think there are actually any meaningful generalizations that can be made about sort of women versus men or do you think you you could probably make some meaningful generalizations by you know by saying yeah women are more, more likely to do x or more likely to be interested in x you, you think uh, like do you think there are those generalizations that are somewhat accurate it's just like bad to think in that way or do you think there actually aren't any accurate generalizations um but again, it depends, right? I'm sure there are some things that do apply to a lot of women, but it doesn't mean that I don't see the point of doing it. So if you give me an example, let, let's let's go into it. So t give me an example where you think it could be. Okay, I mean, we, yeah, we can, Ali, we can use the example from the last episode. So why don't you pick one? Of them? Um, okay, hang on. I, th I think we're we're in 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 danger of, go of going too far here because I guess what I want to get first is. So, for, for example, presumably it's not particularly controversial to say that, in general, women have less muscle mass than men. Okay. 
would, would it be reasonable to do you, do you agree with that statement firstly um i don't know when you said that the first image that came into my mind were these women that are now you know very muscular and like for example my friend jamie who is very very fit and she's got like three percent body fat or something so i don't know if i agree with this because for me, you are alienating these women by making this generalization. Okay. I think this is a very interesting stumbling point okay. right off the bat. Okay. Where I am talking broad macro in terms of population averages, and mm-hmm. you are using a specific counterexample to, mm-hmm. as, as a sort of, uh, sort of reason to disagree with the broad general point. Okay. Do you think that's reasonable? But I don't see the point of a general concept okay. that doesn't have everyone in it. Sure. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you think... So, uh, so I, I, I guess I'm, I'm sorry to be nitpicky about this, but this is this is like crucially important. Number one, is the generalization accurate? And point number two is, is it useful to make such a generalization? Okay. Let's just focus on the accuracy of the point. Okay. And by generalization, uh, I, I, I guess I, I, I just mean fifty-one percent. Like all that has to all that has to be true for a generalization to hold true is that it applies to most. Or even lots of people in a in a particular group. If there is mm-hmm. a lot of variation, then even if it's less than fifty one percent, if mm-hmm. there's thirty four percent of something, but it, that's actually the big that's the modal the value. Yeah, it would still it, that that's my definition of generalization. Mm-hmm. All it requires is fifty one percent or this thing to be true for most, but not all people. Mm-hmm. Um, Fine. Okay. Okay. On the accuracy, I'll give it to you. Great. So it would be reasonable to say that women in general have. Higher muscle mass than men. Oh, sorry, lower muscle mass than men. Okay. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, that's a, you know, generally uncontroversial thing because it's very biological and very testable. Okay. Presumably you would take issue with the, with the accuracy of a generalization if it was more of a social thing. Yes. Okay. For example, if you say women are more empathetic or something, like women have more empathy. Okay. You think that, you, you think that, that would be an inaccurate generalization? No, but but that's the thing. This is feminine energy, right? Okay, no, 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 it's not. It's it's specific empathy, which people have done studies on and have Mm -hmm. tested with empathy questionnaires. Uh, Do you think those studies would show, hypothetically, if you were to pick a random woman out of the population, a random man out of the population, and Mm -hmm. you had to put money on which of them were were more empathetic? Mm -hmm. I personally would choose the woman. Get out of here. <laughs> I, I just don't see the point of this. Okay, no, no, the, it's the, not about the, the point. point comes it's later. About the it's point. about the accuracy of the claim first. And then we can, we, then we can talk in depth about the point of it. Fine. Do you, wait, do you feel attacked right now, Sheena? I feel like, I do. I feel like you feel I a do. bit attacked. Why, why, yeah. can, can, we, can we go into that a bit, please? No. I don't want you to feel attacked. No, it's okay. It's okay. I don't feel attacked. I'm just, I, I just don't like this concept of you know thinking that women have more feelings because this is this whole thing about you know um feminine energy and masculine energy and both genders have both and it's just that you manifest a bit more of one of those depending on who you are rather than what which gender you belong to right and i think that that's why i don't I don't agree necessarily with your statement that if you pick a random man and random woman, the woman will be the one who has more empathy. I'm, I'm saying necessarily. if you put money on it, probabilistically, the woman would be more likely. For, uh, let, let's switch it around. If okay. you were to pick a random woman and random male out of the population, mm. which of those would you put money on, on average, to, be, to, to, to display higher aggression via whatever means you want, via scientifically validated questionnaires of aggression? People would say that, you know, men in uh, it, it, it would be something like 55%, 45%. Men, like, th- there's a very small difference on the mean, but like, in general, you would expect men to be more aggressive than women. 
Partly, this explains, some people would say, why the vast majority of people in prison are men rather than women. But how is that... Okay. The, 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 the point is that okay. it's, whether it's useful or not, it comes later. The, the, the accuracy of it comes first. Yeah, but but yeah. just on your last statement, saying that more men are in prison than women, yeah. then that's saying that the reason that there are more black men in prison than white men is because black men are more aggressive than white men. Uh, but there is a systemic issue there as well that is not being taken into account. So I don't think just looking at this data without looking at all of the other, oh, you know, aspects of what, you know, map right. system. That's a, little, that's a little harsh. I, I feel like you did the thing where Ali said something very precise. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just Ali. using an example. I'm telling him why his statement is wrong. No, no. His, his, his statement my, my, in a different environment. His statement wasn't... Uh, yeah, I believe his statement was something like, perhaps this extra aggression might be able to explain why <laughs> there are more men than women in prison. Uh, and then you said, oh... So, yeah. so you you want to use that to explain why there's more black men in? Uh, That's in not prison? what I said. I said, would you say because I'm trying to tell him that even if there are more men in prison than women, yeah, it could not necessarily be the result of aggression. Being yeah, I, I, I don't believe Ali was really claiming that aggression no, is. I'm just counter. I'm just countering <laughs> his point. I'm not saying that's what he said. I think you're uh, defending okay. him now for like you're, because... can, you're countering a point that you don't that, that I didn't say. <laughs> okay, no, no look, I, th I think we should. I think we should take a step back. It seems like I think a lot of this comes down to just like um, a, a level of comfort with sort of saying this kind of stuff. Like it seems like Sheen, you're quite uneasy about this whole topic area, and that's presumably because you think like there are actual you know bad things that could happen. Or like there are ways that this kind of mindset can go wrong that lead to bad things happening. Like you're just very uneasy about this, at least compared to Ali and I right now. Sorry, Ali and, yes, Ali and me. I, I think it's just this whole idea of, you know, trying not to otherize people, which comes with the generalization okay, okay. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I don't like using big terms like, for example, women in prison or men in prison or pick a random man and a random woman from a general population. I do not see the point in that and I feel like this in today's world and today's time you just cannot do that and it doesn't lead you anywhere doing this kind of assessment I, you could be factually correct with okay. what you're saying but what's the point of that and okay, how does yeah. that inform anything else okay fantastic so it sounds like we're agreed on the point where that it is and, and please correct me if, if, if this mm -hmm. is not your, your point it sounds like we're all agreed that you could potentially make these sorts of statements about general populations. Mm -hmm. But the thing we the but the thing that you particularly take issue with it is about what the point is of making such yes. such generalizations. Yeah. Just just before we move on, I was I was interested in your kind of group versus individual thing that you said mm -hmm. you said earlier. You said mm -hmm. by lumping and, and again please correct me if this is not what you actually said. Okay. But my understanding of what you said is that by lumping people by, by lumping individuals into a group, mm -hmm. you remove their individual identity. Yes. And this is bad. Yes. Okay. Uh, I mean, f forgive me if this seems facetious, but like, for example, if I were to say, you know, grade eight piano players in general do it, uh, do 3000 hours of practice in their teenage years. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, some of them don't. Would making a general comment about a group really remove the power from the individual to make, make a statement like that? Or is there something very specific about the about the specific group that makes it problematic to make a statement like that? I think this this um, group versus individual becomes a problem, especially when you're talking about underrepresented groups. 
Hmm. So not about piano players. Okay. It's more about when you're talking about gender or about race. And this is where it becomes a problem. For example, I read this really interesting thing, which was talking about contemporary female leaders. So to give you two examples, the first one is Ivanka Trump. And the second one is AOC, you know, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, you know who they are. Okay, cool. So two very different female leaders in our times, very similar age. And they're both, if you just can say that um, female, we need more female leaders like these two, then you're bracketing them together as young female leaders in America. But they're two very different people and their approach to leadership is very different and their backgrounds are very different. What they bring to the table is different. What they believe in are different. So it's just... It's just there. Do you see the problem there with bracketing these two people together, saying that generally female leaders are this and that when you're talking about these two? Then you are completely missing the point as to what what they stand for and what they could do, because then you're limiting their potential and you're limiting what, what they represent and you're just bracketing them together. Whereas if you were talking about them too individually about their approach and the things that they do, then you would see the story behind Okay. And it's the fact that women leaders are an underrepresented group that makes it particularly problematic. It's just that, yes. For example, if you were to say uh, male CEOs of Fortune 5 companies tend to to be white, that would probably not... Would people say, oh my God, that's problematic? Probably not because it's a group group in power and it's not an underrepresented group and white people are in power, men are in power, CEOs are in power, etc., etc. So you wouldn't... That wouldn't annoy you as much as, for example, someone saying that... So, so someone making a general comment about female leaders in America? Um, yes and no. Like, mm. obviously, I would relate less to that. So, and I, as you said, you know, there are the, the, the group of people in power. So it's not like they are fighting anything. But, but caveat, obviously, because, you, again, you need to look at the individual level. Someone might be white and a CEO now, but might have come from nothing. You know, so that that's different to somebody who is like, you know, grandfathers just passed down the business to them. So I do disagree with, you know, just generalization in general, but I do see the harm that it causes for underrepresented groups. I see. Okay. Um, I'm actually going to stop this recording just to make sure everything is recording because our oh audio waveforms seem not to be visible. But you can hear us, right, Tamo? Yeah, I can. Okay, hang on. I'm going to stop this. Okay. Please. Okay, cool. I think we've, we've, we've made some progress here. I, I, I feel like I understand more where you're coming from. Okay. Um, so kind of coming back to this generalization thing, mm. um, we're agreed that generalizations may be accurate, but we feel that, or you feel rather that generalizations are not useful. Mm-hmm. Is, th- is that a fair place to kind of continue this, table? Or was it what? What do you guys feel about that? it? Uh, yeah, I think I think we're all agreed that there are some generalizations that you can make which are accurate in the in the general sense. And yeah, I think uh, I think we touched on this a moment ago, but I think it really like a lot of the difficulty I think just comes down to like uh, yeah, just like the difference between just like the the understanding of what it, what a statistic is, <laughs> right? Like uh, a statistic is a number that summarizes some kind of sample, <laughs> and in, in a lot of these conversations, you know, if you if you try and talk about a statistic, you know, someone will then compare that to a an individual, you know, member of the group or an, an individual data point or whatever. And it's it's like, it's sort of talking past each other. And I think in a lot of these conversations, 
Um, there's a lot of talking past each other when where someone might say, uh, you know, on average, if you look at the distribution, some something, something, something is slightly more likely than something, something, something else. And then someone else would be like, oh, so you're saying like all X or Y, <laughs> you know, or so, you know, stuff like that. And I think there's, there's an awful lot of talking past each other because, um, yeah, I guess it's just like, yeah, it's it's a bit of a counterintuitive concept. Like generally in our lives, we're used to dealing with things. We're, we're used to dealing with concrete specific things, right? Um, and it's it takes a bit of a step to abstract away from that and consider whole populations and see what kinds of uh, what kinds of trends there might be in in larger populations. Um, so I, th I think that's that's like a big issue. And I'm glad we we kind of cottoned onto that. Um, I think like in terms of I think before we talk about the usefulness. I think it's worth, um, like I think there are different ways to apply generalizations, right? And I think the issue, um, I think where, where generalizations can go wrong is if the, you know, in, in the same way that you can misunderstand what a statistic is and think that you're trying to make a comment about every single person, you can also misunderstand what a statistic is and give it too much weight when dealing with an individual. So for example, you know, in the case of aggression or whatever, you know, like, you know, maybe men are on average slightly more likely to be more aggressive than women or something like that, right? As a statistic, fine, it's accurate. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we can get on board with that. But then if you, if you, for example, go through your life assuming that every man is extremely aggressive, that's probably not a great thing to do. And that's probably, you know, it's, it's probably you know, not going to help you out um, much, right? And so I think like the the issue that people have when it comes to uh, sort of generalizing in the realm of like dating and stuff like that is you can say some very general statistic of like, oh, you know, on average, if I wear a black hoodie, I will be seen as more masculine than if I wear a pink hoodie. Um, but then if you like, if if in a, in a, in a one-to-one -one interaction, <laughs> you then are still are still viewing the other person through this um, statistical lens uh, rather than viewing them as an individual, then I think that's what, that's where things become problematic. And I think that's, that's where the, the sort of usefulness comes in. Like it depends on how you're using the generalization. Agreed. Agreed. Right. Well, thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I think you and I have, have discussed something similar to in the, in the realm of, uh, sort of social science studies and statistics and generalizations in terms of things like happiness as well. Mm -hmm. For example, it would be, re it's, you, you know, a generalization that, in general, the longer your commute, the less happy you are, the, the less satisfied you're likely to be with your job. Mm. Um, and if you use that generalization to say that, okay, well, you know, if you, if you look at all the data sets, the average, you know, the ideal commute time seems to be 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. But then there is your dream job, which is 25 minutes away. And you're saying, <laughs> oh, you know, the average, yeah. <laughs> average commute time is 20 minutes. That's I can't be long. doing that. You're sort of in danger of reading too much into the generalization. Mm. But... I personally think if you're kind of choosing between things or if you've got multiple different job offers going on, then knowing that actually all of the studies show that the longer you commute, the less happy you're likely to be in life could be a useful data point to take into account when making your decision about where to live or what job to, what, what job to have. It just sort of depends on what specifically you're using the generalization for. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Sheen, it seems like you feel more passionately about the misuse of generalizations um, like, have you, you know, as for example, you are a woman of color, do you feel like, you know, have, have you had experiences where you, you feel like you haven't really been treated as an individual and, and instead you're sort of just treated as, 
a sort of g- generic woman of color in some way. Well, I've told the story before to remember in our first episode. Um, basically, in my whole department, so I was in the Department of Material Science in Cambridge, and it's, you know, a lot more men than women in there. Yeah. Um, and there are only two brown girls in this whole department, me and my friend Malavika. Okay. We're both in the same year doing the same thing. And people just think we're the same person. And we look nothing alike other than the fact that we're brown. Um, She's got short hair. I've got long hair. She's shorter than me. And it's just all very, very different characteristics. Um, But people still think I'm her and people think she's me. And that's a generalization, you see, because this is just like, okay. I think it's just not fun, especially because um, one time she took part in this competition for... um, presenting something and she did an amazing job she won the first prize and then this woman who works in the department who has taught me several times came up to me saying did you win the first prize and I was like no I didn't I didn't and she was like but you did such a good job and I was like no Malavika did and she won she was like no but you did well it's okay good luck next time and I was like I didn't take part in this (laughs) you see like how how awful this is and even sometimes she gets interviewed and she gets things and the people who did the interview congratulate me for getting it like how awful is this? We look nothing alike. And and that that's you see, that's a problem with generalization that yeah. then sometimes you are overlooked completely and you just feel like, okay, um pff, people don't see me for who I am. Right. Yeah. And this is a very like very skewed in terms of the physical kind of um way of generalizing rather than um yeah. generalizing a group of people together. That's different. Um, but yeah, that's just an example to tell you, yes, I have experienced it. And women in general experience it quite a lot. Mm. Um, for example, when you're in the lab, um, when you're being trained, they'll tell you things like, okay, um, you know, just make sure that you don't wear open toes stuff. But this will not be told to men because they assume that, you know, being women, you're going to wear that. And it's just, it, it just feels very odd sometimes when they say these things to you rather than to a whole group of everyone and these are very like um, innocent examples but it can get a lot um, more um, deeper and in danger zones when it comes to you know um, giving someone a promotion in terms of giving somebody a job offer or um, promoting somebody to being a leader because you know, these kind of biases exist and these group mentality leads to stereotypes being taken into account. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty frustrating. Yeah. I think I think Ali and I probably haven't experienced much of like being being misgeneralized and that's probably why we don't have the same sense of like wariness and unease about talking in this way and, and talking about this kind of stuff than, than you do. Does that seem fair? Yeah, I agree. It is a lot of like shared experience that kind of yeah makes you care a lot more about things. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think also, are we in? Are we using different definitions of the word generalization? Because, for example, when I say generalization, in my head, what I mean is broad st- statistical average, whereas your your experience of sort of um, being misidentified as Malavika. Mm-hmm would not fall under my category of broad statistical average, but it would fall under your category of generalization. Yeah, I, I see that. You'd really think about the 51%, but I think generally uh, people, do, <laughs> <laughs> people do think that when you're talking about generalization, you're just 
thinking of you know grouping people together mm -hmm. and assuming that given that they share this one trait or this one characteristic or something then they all belong together and they will all behave the same i see you know that's what generalization means in terms of social sciences oh. it's not the statistical 51 percent. really so in yes. social sciences generalization means all as opposed to most yes generalization really? oh, wow. means a general group Of people that was completely new it's to just, me it just means <laughs> uh, like for example when you're generalizing women it just means that you're grouping all women together in social sciences yes wow. that, that, that's okay. the whole terms of otherizing that came out as well out of this which yeah. is yes okay so uh, it's not 51 percent. wait sorry you what? Word generalization completely wrong entirely all my life then <laughs> yes wait let's take it sashin you're saying in the social sciences generalization means to group everyone together Not everyone, like a, a group a gr of people yeah, yeah, yeah. who share something. Yeah, That doesn't seem at odds with what Ali's saying. Like, I mean, of, it's, it seems, you know, if you're, if you're making a generalization about a particular group, say women, obviously you're grouping all women together in order to make that generalization, right? Yes. Like that doesn't right. seem at it, odds it, with it, the it, fact. It sounds like Sheena's saying that in the social sciences, when you use the word generalization, you are applying this category to every member of that group, as opposed to viewing it as a broad statistical average that's shared by most people in the group i.e 51 i'm still I'm, i'm still suspicious of this but if that's right you can be suspicious um but <laughs> now i see your point because you completely think in terms of when you're seeing generally women this or that you're just thinking 51 i'm thinking exactly of 100%, the whole yeah. population <laughs> of women yeah. okay well that's that's not what generalization means when you're talking about generalization versus individual approach that that it just means that literally is it means that you're bracketing this group of people together and if you pick one of them out of there you are sure that this is the behavior that they're going to do like it's not the 51 percent so you're saying in social science studies when they use the word I, i'm not i don't buy the sheet oh, like, when you're talking about this in like <laughs> i see okay this, this so is, you're saying in common parlance yeah when you when you use the word generalization in the context of a sort of discussion where you're having these sorts of issues mm -hmm. people will think that when you say in general women are like x mm -hmm. they will then people will think oh you're so you're saying all women are like x as opposed to some women 51%. or such, such most women yes. are like x whereas i guess what tame and i are saying is that when you use the word generalization in a statistical or mathematical or just mean scientific total. fashion you literally just mean 51 percent yeah No. Okay. Let me okay, rephrase. So, I don't mean social sciences okay, studies. Good. I mean okay, in good. the <laughs> settings of society. Oh my God. Come okay. on. God. That really changes the game. Okay. I was, I was going to, I was literally going to go and Google define, let's bring up a random social science study <laughs> and find out that this is totally wrong. Okay. <laughs> But, okay. In a social setting, yes. people think the word generalization means everyone. Everyone. Okay. Whereas what we are talking about in our podcast, and certainly when I use the word generalization in conversations you and I have, yes. I literally mean 51%. Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I, think that's, I think that's, yeah, that's definitely a big, a big part of the difficulty. Mm -hmm. um, so on another sort of set of, um, I mean, are, are we, I, I feel like we've talked about the generalization stuff. Um, I think like the next thing I've got on my, yeah, we, we were talking about to what extent is, is this useful? Yeah, And I think that was a lot of the issue people took with last week's episode where it's like, okay, a, you know, the, the, the wearing pink and wearing black is like a sort of, it's, it's like a taking the piss generalization, It, which yeah. is probably not even accurate. Um, there are, there are other generalizations that one could theoretically make in the realm of dating, which are probably accurate. Um, do it. <laughs> I'm all ears. The question is, are they useful? <laughs> Okay, so for, what, what was some of the other stuff from the episode? It was like, 
Okay, I, mean, I think there's... we've thought about the feminine and masculine energy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, people probably take issue with that. Yes, which is what I was trying to explain earlier, yes, is please. that um, everybody is born with a bit of masculine and feminine energy, which some people describe as yin and yang. And um, it's just that you manifest one of them a bit more strongly. And the misconception is that this is assigned to your gender. That So someone who is born female will have more feminine energy and someone who's born male will have more male energy. Masculine energy, sorry. Um, and I think this is where it becomes a bit problematic, especially in today's time, where... Um, why are you smiling, Tamo? No, go on, go on. <laughs> Which, where, you know, you have, um, you have masculine women and you have feminine men and that's absolutely fine as long as you are comfortable being who you are and i think then the problem when you are saying these things like you know um wearing pink doesn't make you masculine okay also not what i said but okay <laughs> not you not you the general you when somebody is saying that pink is not masculine is um it it, it leads to this kind of like general idea that of this and then the problem that comes from this is is not immediate or direct, right? When you think about like a teenage boy who is a bit feminine in school and who wears pink and is very happy doing that, and that's absolutely fine. But then if the general idea is that he's going to get bullied because he's not considered masculine enough, and that's that's why it's a problem to say these things out loud, you know, because it, it leads to perpetuating these like... Um, social stereotypes that we need to move away from and i think that's why it's not that's probably why most people took problem with that why i took problem with it as well with this statement of wearing pink is wear black instead of pink to look more masculine okay can i just say i'm so glad that you're the one who said the last two minutes <laughs> because i feel like if <laughs> if tame or i had I had 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 even had had thought to use the words like phrases like, well, you know, some people are born with masculine energy and feminine energy and it's not quite associated with gender. But no, actually, everyone is born with both is but, what I said. But even the, the characterization of energy as being masculine or feminine, I would have thought is sort of anti-woke and I, w I would have been uncomfortable saying it out loud. It's not. Is it not? No. Okay. This is the whole point that everyone is born with all of these. And also, what do you so, understand well, by masculine yeah, energy? Yeah, I was going to ask you, what, does masculine, what is masculine and feminine energy? Exactly. What do you think they are? Um, I don't know what they are because I don't really use the terms, but I would love to hear what you think, think what, they are. What do you think they are, Tamar? <laughs> she's got you now <laughs> again i don't really use the terms but I've, okay but you, know, you have an idea of what they are yeah of course i think everyone has an idea of what what they would be right mm -hmm. like there is a set of you know things which are traditionally considered masculine and there's a set of things which are traditionally considered feminine right agreed um and i guess traditionally you know the things associated with masculinity are sort of you know physical strength you know maybe some level of aggression you know things like that the things associated with femininity are you know gentleness and um you know you know th things like that like that's basically that would be my idea of what is masculine energy and what is feminine energy well you're correct and like the the broader definition is very much tied to the traditional ideas of what masculine and feminine right. mean yeah and masculine energy is all about being assertive being a bit more of you know go-getter kind of vibe whereas feminine energy is a bit more you know the carer the one who cares about everybody and you know being kind and you know bringing the community together kind of thing which is why everybody has a mix of both 
and you just manifest one a bit more strongly than the other because I definitely threaten to beat you quite a lot. So that's that's Whoa. my masculine energy. <laughs> okay. <you know? laughs> and, and, you know, that that's absolutely fine. And I, I, I'm not... Uh, that's why I feel like it's very problematic even probably to just use these terms. The yeah, masculine. it sounds... I mean, I, I think... I, I personally think it's problematic. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I agree. I think we should move away from these because even considering assertiveness as masculine energy is wrong, but then... Again, when you look at four instances when, um, for example, there's this study that shows that when a woman is being described as assertive and bossy and all of that, if she was not first described as a woman, it's seen as positive. But yeah. if they know that this is a woman, then it's seen as negative. Yeah. So, again, you know, there's a lot of like associated baggage with all of this that mm. that which is which explains why it's problematic to think that way, to use these kind of like old-fashioned um ways of characterizing people yeah i'm on board so okay so in this case in, in you know let's stick to the like really trivial example of the, the pink versus black thing sure is what we're saying that like you know e even if there might be some truth to the pink versus black thing by talking about it on a podcast and taking it sort of seriously in inverted commas i'm not sure if we took it seriously but by by sort of sincerely talking about it on a podcast that a few people listen to we're sort of perpetuating the stereotype when actually we should be sort of actively fighting against it or something. Is that why this is like, it might have been bad? To but have what do discussion? you think about this? Well, what do you think is your social role? Even if you only have two people who listen to your podcast, which is not your case, but what what do you think? Where Where does it come into play for you? Yeah, it's a good question. I have a lot of trouble with this myself, to be honest, because like, I think there, you know, there is definitely a social maybe you can call it obligation but uh i i do feel that people with a platform have some some duty to affect positive change mm -hmm. through that platform okay but again like <laughs> i think it, it comes you know one, once again this is another issue of like uh, a sort of general uh, a generalization versus a specific instance right like mm -hmm. uh, yeah on the whole we have a, <laughs> a duty to affect positive change i don't i think it's an extremely high bar to say that always under all circumstances these guys have to be peddling some kind of positive social change in every discussion they have you mm -hmm. know i think that's a very high bar uh, i wouldn't hold anyone to that bar myself uh, and i'd hope people don't hold us to that bar and so yes i think you know we have a duty to affect positive change um does that mean we always have to you know always be pushing some kind of agenda to change how people think about things or whatever i don't think it, i don't think it means that but do you agree with me that there, are the, that there are two things? The first one is, you know, having an agenda where you are pushing for active, positive change in society. And the second one is just not reinforcing, like, the negative things that already exist and not, you know, taking part in it. Because okay. um, I think that, that demands less effort, in my opinion, anyway, the second one. And it's just about, you know, it, it doesn't it's not that much effort to steer away from things that you know are not, are a bit iffy, you okay, know? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, sure. and, and you don't want to, just talking about this, it's true, it doesn't really harm a lot of people, you're not going to educate a lot of people. But if you if you do just steer away from it, even if it just one or two people that you're, you're kind of making them feel better about themselves, that's good. And also I think it's just, with this whole thing about gender and race and stuff like that, it's good to to not perpetuate it by just saying things that yeah. might 
actually not mean anything, but it's just the general, you know, trying to be be, be good. Yeah, I think that's I think that's an interesting point because it sounds like a nice idea in principle of like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you are yeah, on the side of caution, you know, yeah. just play it safe if the if it's like a somewhat uh, controversial topic or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I I think it would be bad if everyone always thought that way. Like I said, then no one would talk about anything remotely important in in the public sphere because <laughs> you know, play it safe. You don't, you know, whatever. Right? I think in our case, like. I think a lot of this comes down to, you know, how <laughs> how much do you trust your audience? You know, if you can trust your audience to take what you are saying at face value, <laughs> interpret your words accurately and precisely as you are saying them. If you can trust, if you can trust, hundred percent of the audience are going to like take what we're saying at face value. They're not going to, you know, interpret this in a directionally incorrect way. I.e., like take the opposite of what we're actually trying to say. You know, yeah. if if you can trust trust an audience to sort of. Um, yeah, trust trust yourself to be able to commu- successfully communicate what what you're trying to say to the audience, and trust the audience to like, you know, not intentionally um, mis misinterpret what you're saying. Then I think like last week's episode was absolutely fine. If if for example you can't trust your audience to do that, and you know that okay, if we talk about anything remotely related to gender, or race, or whatever, people are literally going to take the opposite of what we're trying to say, or like you know people are you know going to you know no matter what we say like some people are going to interpret it in in a certain way then i think it's different and then i think there's more to think about and to be honest i think like i would hope that so far you know like if some i would hope that if someone is a regular listener of the podcast and actually so one of the people who um tweeted at us last week after the episode saying that like this is why you come across as misogynistic i think her point her point was actually look i've listened to like all the episodes i know i know you guys actually don't mean mean x y and z but this is probably how it comes across um Mm -hmm. kind of thing and so i would hope that like people who've listened to multiple episodes of the podcast um would yeah would sort of under generally understand the things that we're trying to say and generally view you know view what we're trying to say in a in a charitable way Mm -hmm. um i don't know how true that is i mean i think that is actually broadly true i think i think the audience of this podcast is you know is broadly kind of aligned uh you know for example after last week's episode we got maybe three or four people engaging on twitter saying that it was it came across as misogynistic mm-hmm. and out of the i don't know how many reviews we've had i don't know like five thousand uh two thousand reviews or something like that mm-hmm. maybe like five to ten of them have been positive reviews just saying that it's sometimes a bit misogynistic mm-hmm. and so like i i don't know how that i don't know how you know five out of 2000 reviews saying misogynistic compares to other podcasts but i don't think that's a terrible ratio and like i think i think on the whole i do feel like the you know we can sort of keep it real with the audience and not worry too much about um things being miscommunicated what do you think ali i wonder if there are two different issues here so sheen's point is yes okay yeah you, you know you don't have to be pushing some some kind of social agenda in every episode, which mm-hmm. I'm sure we're all agreed with. Yeah. But your your next point was that you still should ideally avoid reinforcing negative stereotypes mm-hmm. by the by virtue of the topics that you talk about. Um. Yes. Okay. That's a, that's a yes. And so, one element of that mm. is just the is is this idea of to what extent can you trust your audience to 
sort of not misconstrue the things intentionally or unintentionally slash to what extent can you trust yourselves as the host or as the guest of the podcast mm -hmm. to actually put your point across in the way that you mean. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something that I've been guilty of in the past where I would use deliberately or, or, or not deliberately, but like uh, not intentionally direct language without adding nuance to it. Like knowing that when I'm talking to Taymor, he knows that I know the nuance behind all of the things. But when I'm speaking on a podcast, I used to have the assumption that, well, surely everyone listening People to this know. will appreciate that. Obviously, I know all of the hundred nuanced points about this and why this is problematic. But I'm, sta I'm saying this just to just to simplify the point. Mm -hmm. There's there's that aspect of it. But I think the other aspect of it is the broader general question of should you, as someone with a platform, avoid topics where, you know, <laughs> you know, it could be potentially reinforcing something negative for, you know, for example, uh, to use a, a somewhat trivial example, um, if we had an episode where we did an episode several months ago where we were talking about how to figure out whether you should buy the new iPhone mm -hmm. or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, a, a reasonable criticism of that would be that it promotes consumerism. Okay. And there are some people in the world, uh, if we replaced you with someone else who had a podcast about anti-consumerism, mm -hmm. who would take real issue with the idea of peddling any kind of consumer to, consumerist narrative in the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, if we talk about the fact that Tamil flew to the Caribbean uh, using, using carbon and stuff, there would be someone sitting in your place right now who would say that, look... Even mentioning the thought of flying somewhere anywhere in the world, the fact that you're contributing to global warming is bad and therefore you shouldn't even mention that on a podcast. To my mind, there seems to be a long list, an endless list of potentially negative things that you could be talking about. And I would I would suggest it's probably not reasonable to say that a people with a, with a platform or any TV show or any podcast should avoid topics which some people might take issue with. Mm -hmm. But I feel like that's probably not your point. I'm probably... Oh no, I agree with you on that. Okay. I think I think one thing that comes from it, right, when you have an audience online or even whatever kind of audience that you have, um, people will always disagree with you. There will always be someone who will disagree with your point, and it doesn't mean that you should not say what you feel or what you want to say. And I think I really liked the way you approached um, the Twitter comments, for example, about the last week episode. I saw that you guys, I don't know which one of you, um, commented saying, you know, what was the issue? You know, opening the dialogue about, okay, let's talk about this. If you don't agree with this, why do you not agree with this? Maybe we can learn something from this or we can convince you about our point. And I think this is a good way of dealing with like, sensitive topics where you think that what you're saying might be controversial or you know where you're coming from as you said you know you know all the nuances about something and it's just about communicating it and if someone doesn't agree i think it, it depends again on the topic but you can agree to disagree but you can also just you know choose your battle kind of thing so if something you 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 believe in and you think that you're right on this then it's fine and you can try and communicate your point to the other side and if they don't agree then they don't agree but I would not say that because of that, you should not share how you feel about certain topics or stay away from some topics because they might be controversial. Okay. So, for example, one thing that I am, you know, a, a topic that I'm very interested in is things like the psychology of relationships and the psychology of dating mm -hmm. and how things like physical attractiveness and one's behavior comes across in, in that particular environment. Yeah. I would love to have conversations about this more on the podcast where they fully sort of, you know, we're, we're taking a step back, we're being dispassionate about it, we're trying to be very precise with our points mm -hmm. and we're trying to understand what the different points of view are. Mm -hmm. Would that be reasonable to do in your opinion? Or do you think that even having such a conversation like that would perpetuate so many negative stereotypes that mm -hmm. the conversation itself should be avoided? So again, here, we, we are very different people. I would yeah. not do that. I find that problematic. But that's something that you believe in that, and that's something that 
you think you can talk about and you think there are some people who would resonate with that. Sorry, what do you find problematic? Um, well, it's just the whole thing about um, well, the physical attractiveness and, you know, women should be a certain way and men should look a certain way in order to be attractive to the general population. So that that's just, you know, because that's what we were talking about that leads to, you know, a lot of like body negativity and like all of that. And it's just not necessarily a conversation that I would want to be involved in. Um, if that makes sense. And it's fine for you to talk about it as long as you said you explain where you're coming from and why you're having this conversation and why do you think this conversation is useful. Then you can talk about it, but you should be prepared for the kind of, you know, reaction that you will get and how you will address that conversation Mm. that then comes after that. Okay. So a few weeks ago, I made a video called um, How Much Money I Earned in 2020. And I spent about like the first 25 minutes of that hour long video explaining why I'm making this video and giving like 18 trigger warnings and stuff. And a lot of people said that, hey, I really appreciated the introduction. Mm -hmm. A couple of comments said, dude, I I wasted 20 minutes of my time in the the introduction. But I think overall, given that it was was a controversial, potentially sensitive issue, I think the sort of... uh, disclaimers 20 minutes of disclaimers at the start was was helpful for a lot of people Mm -hmm. and that video i feel would have done a lot worse or would have resulted in a much more negative response Mm -hmm. had i not had 20 minutes worth of disclaimers yes um so it sounds like we're broadly agreed that if we are discussing topics like this we treat them with a bit of a light hand rather than a heavy hand to be like all right mate (laughs) (laughs) wearing pink today versus black (laughs) and also you know with the with the youtube thing as you said like people uh, who benefit from it Oh, grateful and they will engage more and they will learn from it and then people will find it boring it's not really it's okay they yeah. will still skip it or just watch it but, no but at least you're including it. more people by having that and yeah. explaining your point of view better hmm. I think one thing I potentially disagree with is you, which, which was just like a minor thing you said which is that ask yourself is it useful to have this discussion mm-hmm. and I think that it would also be too high a bar to set for ourselves for every discussion we have to be useful in some way. I think interesting is enough of a, a bar. But what do you understand by useful? Um, okay, so my, my definition of useful would be someone can take something away from this which would then help them in whatever, in, in some, some aspect of their life. Yeah. So, or, or they just learn something, right? That's it. Okay. So I would, I would, I would count a, a documentary about, uh, I don't know, Pompeii to not be particularly useful, but to be interesting. Okay, fine. Well, English is not my first language. That's what I meant. <laughs> okay, no, fair enough. I, I, I just wanted to confirm that point. Yeah, no, that, that's what I meant. Like, yeah. does it resonate with someone? Does someone take something away from it? Does someone okay. enjoy it? That That's okay. useful for me. Fair dues. I find that somewhat paternalistic, and I'm not really a fan of that. You found that a bit what? Paternalistic. Yeah, that's right. I said it. <laughs> I, th- I think, I like... I found that. Sorry? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think, I like... That. I don't know how much it's our place to judge what's going to be useful for someone. You know, <laughs> like there are episodes that, you know, I think, I think are complete, you know, completely not useful, which other people have found useful. Like, I don't, I, I don't think it's actually our place to think, hmm, what will be useful for someone? I think it's more our place to sort of have a discussion we think is interesting. That's really the most we can do. If someone finds it useful, great. But like, I, I don't think our, I don't think we should send out thinking, you know, like like Moses coming down from the mountain with our like <laughs> ten, yeah, ten commandments of not overthinking. Interesting, rather than actually useful. Wait, sorry. That's what we just agreed on that it just needs to be interesting rather than useful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but interesting to us, like I think, like trying to trying to sort of guess what the what an audience might want. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's a bit like. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, people okay, can, people then, control what they listen to. And why don't you just have interesting conversations with your brother? Why are you recording it and putting it online? Sorry? Why don't you just have interesting conversations with your brother like that instead of recording it and putting it as a podcast online? I think there's a few reasons. I think, you know, the conversations that I find interesting with my brother, I also find interesting to engage with uh, other people about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and the platform kind of lets you do that. There's an aspect of wanting to um, peddle my own worldview. Like there are some things I believe and feel strongly about, and I would like to convince other people of those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so a platform kind of lets you do that as well. Um, and then, yeah, like if, if other people do, I'm, I'm not saying that I don't want other people to find it useful. Like hopefully people are getting some kind of value out of it. I'm just saying that it's not really our place to think too hard upfront about what exact value we want people to be getting out of the episodes. I think that's, that's down to the person listening. Um, yeah, that, that, that was sort of my point. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I wasn't saying that you decide what they find useful out of it, but I'm just saying that. Okay, yeah. When you are deciding on a topic, it's, it's fine if you think that it will be an interesting conversation. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. As long as you caveat it and you explain where you're coming from and be open to engage with the reaction that happens after. Yeah. Yeah, I think caveating things is, is pretty good. There's a uh, sort of writer, I guess, who I'm a big fan of called Julia Galef. And uh, I think she started, I, I don't know if she actually started doing this, but a lot of people in the sort of uh, rationality community, I guess, um, do this thing where like at the start of the uh, like blog post or article or whatever <laughs> they'll have a section called <laughs> here's what I'm not saying in this piece <laughs> and then they'll oh, list five, so cool. <laughs> five to ten ways in which they think they can potentially be misinterpreted and just getting ahead of those at the start saying like I'm not saying x I'm not saying y I'm not you know now that that's out of the way let's go to the piece <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's the, the the sort of thing that would be great to. You should do that. Yeah, like <laughs> that's like the intro of a podcast recorded after the fact. <laughs> yeah. You can have the conversation you want, and then <laughs> when someone's editing it, it's like, yeah, ask Angus to edit the podcast and think, right, Angus, make a list of all the ways in which <laughs> someone can misconstrue all of the, the different things I'm saying, <laughs> and yeah. let's preface them at the start, something along those lines. Um, let's go back to stuff stuff that we might disagree on because I feel like we've agreed on too many things at this point. Um, we. So we, we, we initially started with the idea of generalizations and whether one can make an accurate generalization to find a 51% of the population, which mm-hmm. we decided, yes, you mm-hmm. could. We then talked about, is it useful to do so? And mm-hmm. we said, well, it kind of depends on what you use it for. Are you using it as like a broad st- statistical average to inform something where, where that's useful? Or are you overfitting a statistical trend onto individual behavior? Mm-hmm. And I think now if we kind of sort of, that's like the abstract the abstract thingy of it if we concretize that a little bit and start you know in in the context of last week's episode had we been talking about something not related to gender and dating we wouldn't have had any responses on twitter about that being an issue um but it sounded like people took issue with the specific um instantialization or, or, or the, the the specific nature of what i was to or what I, w- I was getting at which is i want to be more attractive to women <laughs> therefore i should do x Mm-hmm. as a kind of general vibe mm-hmm. um and i personally believe that there is that a it is possible to a, that a it is reasonable to have the goal that i want to be more attractive to women b that it is possible to use and, and b that it's possible to use generalizations about a broad statistical average in order to help partially inform my individual behavior and i feel like you would probably take issue with some of that if not all of it 
Um, no, okay. Uh, I agree that if you want to be more attractive, that's fine. Mm. You know, your choice. You do whatever you want. Um, but I think the the issue that people take in general, including me, mm. is that when you're thinking about making yourself more attractive to the other gender, mm. it's solely, at the moment anyway, focused on the external, the superficial, rather than, you know, what, what everything else. Okay. Is it? I mean, that's, that's what all we, he talks about. That's what we talked about on the podcast. But <laughs> like, again, we don't talk about everything all the time on the podcast. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not. Okay, fine. But okay, even based on the podcast, the reaction that you got was because of that, right? Because that's the only thing I mean, you if I, if, if I was clearer that another way of, if, if I was clearer that I'm, I'm actually taking a six week online course to become a better speaker, I am, I've hired a coach to become a better storyteller because mm-hmm. I know being better at storytelling makes you improve your social skills. Mm-hmm. If I was clearer that over the last sort of decade, I've read about between 10 and 20 books about how to be a more social person and how this year in 2021, I am trying, I'm thinking of sort of getting a therapist to figure out how I can be more in touch with my, my emotions. Mm-hmm. None of those, I, I think are sort of superficial things. They're no. all like internal thingies. Um, the goal for those is all because as you know, part of a general, general journey of personal development, plus it's cool, but I can't lie that a big part of the goal for that is that, you know, I would like to be more, a more attractive partner. And, you know, certainly part of that is, I feel, you know, putting on a bit more muscle, Mm -hmm. you know, one thing that you've been saying a lot, anytime I take my glasses off is, oh my God, Ali, you look so much better without your glasses. Don't tell people that. Uh, you know, (laughs) I I put it in a video, people were like, yeah, mate, take the glasses off, keep the beard. I'm like, okay, cool. And yeah, I've got an appointment for contact lenses next week. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm going to have a, you know, going to get a barber to professionally groom my beard and teach me how to use a shaver and stuff. Mm -hmm. All of these are superficial things, which really I could say, oh, but I'm doing it for me. But like, realistically, I'm doing it because you were the one who said that it would make me more attractive. And then doing the it for you, Sheen. <laughs> just for me, just for me. Okay. The audience at large agreed with that. Although, mm-hmm. you know, again, statistical averages, about 20% of people said I look better with glasses. Mm-hmm. Um, my point overall being that, you know, all of this is in, in, in pursuit of being, being more attractive, which I actually think drives a huge amount of human behavior, which is why I think it's such an interesting topic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is reasonable to... For example, do an Instagram poll for 30,000 people saying, which do you think is more attractive, glasses or no glasses? And actually, given that I don't particularly care one way or another, I think it would be reasonable to use that to guide my behavior. Well, see, that's key. The fact that you don't care, right? And I know that it doesn't affect you, whether Mm. someone tells you, oh, you've got a bit of a belly. Oh, it really does. <laughs> I, I actually, uh, the, the, the trick is to not let anyone see just how devastated you are. <laughs> Do you need a tissue? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I will after this. But, um, no, I think, okay, on a serious level, but mm. I think that you, your confidence and your self-esteem are, are, are solid. Oh, and, that, and that you... Yeah, I read books about those as well when I was 15. <laughs> And I'm, 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 I'm not kidding there. Genuinely. Good, good, good. Anyway, it worked for you. Um, so that's why it's fine. I think the way you explain it is totally fine. And if you want to talk about this, that's absolutely great. Um, the, which is why it's fine, I think, with you when it comes to that. But what I'm thinking about where mm. I think it gets a little bit more problematic is um, for someone who struggles with self-esteem issues. And then when they hear about, you know, oh, you need to be a bit more attractive in order to attract someone who you want to attract and you know it then it can lead to some you know really like extreme 
obviously we're talking about extremes here it can lead to eating disorder it can lead to body negativity and then if someone is changing themselves to attract a partner and then they still don't attract a partner then it leads to even worse things so it's just a bit of you know thinking about that is just again that's why you need to caveat this with oh you know i've got rock solid self-esteem i'm good like it's okay you can tell me which is why when you ask all your friends about what shall i change about me they can tell you because they know it's not going to offend you in any way and it's not going to make you overthink oh god like should i have been wearing glasses this whole time like I, i could have looked better but that's the thing that's why i think it's fine to talk about it as long as you you take into account that you don't want other people to take it that way you know and you just want to caveat that again Tamil, any thoughts uh it all just feels very paternalistic mate it just really does like <laughs> i mean okay so i have i have two thoughts on that like yeah suppose on the podcast we're about to talk about how ali can be more attractive to women by changing his appearance okay now yes i suppose we could say by the way, everyone, every, you know, everyone's beautiful on the inside. You know, you're, you're perfect just the way you are. You don't need to change anything about you. This is just about Ali. Like, you know, don't apply this to your life. You know, we could say something like that. It sounds awfully patronizing and paternalistic to me. And I'm allergic to any, any kind of like, even like having a small chance of being uh, patronizing towards someone. Like, I really think it's the worst thing in the world. I don't know why, um, but I really do. So it, it it seems very patronizing to kind of look on the audience in that way. And then the second thing is, like, if we're having this discussion on the podcast, like, does it really help if we preface it with like, oh, don't worry, you are, you know, you know, this is just us, you don't have to worry. Like, if if I think about the stuff that I'm insecure about, if someone was like, oh, don't, don't worry about it, and then they go and have a discussion about it, like, it's not going to change whether or not I worry about it, right? Like, no, but that's whole, not what I'm saying. This whole angle just seems so patronizing. Help. What? I'm not saying that you sh- you should tell people they're beautiful either way. That's not the caveat I'm talking about. What kind of it's caveat cave- would you like? It's just the caveat that he thinks that, you know, superficial attraction is key and this is why he's going to he's going to focus on this first and then move on because the I can see the reaction that you'll get from people after that which will be like, "Oh, like it's not all about just physical attraction there's a lot mm. more that comes into play when you're looking for a partner etc yes. etc et which i tell you all the time as well so it, and, and what's my response to this usually yeah it comes into play later it's just attraction first right that's what you said I'm so, yeah factorial. <laughs> exactly and you can tackle things one at a time yeah so you, that's that's the caveat i'm talking about that he needs to say that so that he doesn't come across as just somebody who only cares about physical um attraction I see. So you're saying the danger in talking about physical attractive physical attractiveness as a way of finding a partner. The danger of doing that is that people will think that that is the only thing you care about. Yeah, that you're shallow. Than, yeah. So similar to the thing of making a point about men aggression in prison, that people will think that that is the only thing that you're talking about. And unless you make make it clear to caveat that guys, people ending up in prison is multifactorial, and I'm talking about one thing that may potentially explain some mm-hmm. of the variation in <laughs> group differences in people who end up in, in, in prison. That is a useful caveat to make to avoid people thinking that it's the only thing you're talking about. Yeah, that's my approach. Okay. Yeah, that doesn't sound like a terrible caveat because, yeah, I think this problem of like this sort of selection bias problem of like we're only going to talk about certain kinds of things on the podcast. And then if you assume that those things are the only things we actually care about and the only things we ever talk about, then that's just a bit inaccurate. So, yeah. Or even by extension that those things are the only things that matter. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I guess that's that's not a terrible, terrible caveat to have. To your paternalism point, though, I think this is this is an interesting thing. Um, in Jonathan Haidt's *The The Righteous Mind*, 
he talks a lot about the difference between liberals and conservatives. Okay. Again, broad general groups, 51%, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. <laughs> um, and one of the things that he, that, that he references is that liberals in general are more okay with paternalism than conservatives are. As long as it, as in, as as long as it protects a oppressed kind of minority type group, because the sort of the Care Harm Foundation, which is like the major moral underpinning of liberal ideology, like that, it's all about it. Basically, mostly about taking care of vulnerable people in society. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, paternalism thing, which is that oh, actually individual choice, and you know, I'll pull myself up, up, up by my own bootstraps, etc. Mm-hmm. That is a secondary. Uh, consideration and therefore paternalism to serve a vulnerable group is completely reasonable for liberals. Whereas I feel like that's a place where that might be Tamo, where you're you you particular particularly struggle in that you don't think paternalism should be. Oh no no no! So I I'm actually I'm I'm fine with paternalism in in many uh, in many instances. The way the the instance in which I'm absolutely not fine with it is uh, when it is paternalism that undermines the undermines another human being as someone who can reason and think for themselves and this is like a big thing about the kids stuff this is you know epistemic injustice like Mm -hmm. assuming that someone is you know essentially stupid and i think like i think this falls into the realm of like me you know paternalism about like whether someone can think for themselves and that's like i yeah i i really am not a fan of that at all and i don't you know i try and stay very far away from it there is a there is a domain in which i have had lots of conversations with friends in the past sort of especially at university about this idea of paternalism and that's in the context of relationships namely casual in the context of casual relationships for example you know let's use uh cisgendered heterosexual etc etc just just for the sake of simplify Mm -hmm. simplification guy meets girl girl and guy um set up a sort of casual friends with benefit type relationship further down the line one party ends up developing feelings for the other party mm-hmm. um and therefore the paternalistic view was would, would be that let's say i don't know in that context the party without the feelings has a duty of care towards the party with the feelings to break off the friends with benefits arrangement because they know that oh this is going to be bad for you in the long run mm-hmm. and i have been very like oh this does not feel right because surely there is a case of individual consent and people can do what they want and people know their yeah. own feelings. Mm. Whereas a lot of my, like about half of my friends who, are, who, who have discussed it, who discussed this with have said, yes, that may be the case, but the party without feelings has a moral duty to end that friends with benefits relationship in a paternalistic fashion. And they're okay with that. And I've always been like, Oh, I fully disagree. Um, how, how, do, how do you feel about this? Gene? <laughs> hmm. This is very touchy. Okay. Um, I agree that it's not entirely on the, what what do you call it? The party without feelings. The party without feelings. Mm. It's not entirely. Yeah, for the record. That's why I wanted to be correct as well. <laughs> Precise terminology here. Yeah, I am not saying <laughs> dot dot. Yes, the party without feelings. It's not given that, especially if we knew that from the beginning they were both very clear on what this is, yep. where this is going. The party without feelings made their their um their feelings clear at the beginning and the other party also knew what was happening right so then it is not this person's responsibility to kind of 
then decide what's happening. But I do agree a little bit on like mm. just, you know, being kind a bit and just understanding that, you know, this person might now be getting feelings. So maybe just having a conversation about it. It's not your, it's not about, you know, getting rid of them because to protect them, blah, blah, blah. But it's more about having a conversation about, okay, I've been sensing this and this is what we agreed on. So how do you feel now? Do you, I still stand where I stood. So maybe you should reassess your position in this. Yeah, fair enough. Hmm. Let me let me spice it up a bit. <laughs> uh, so, okay, there's the party without feelings, there's the party with feelings. Suppose the party with feelings. <laughs> uh, do we really have to? <laughs> the feeler. The feeler. <laughs> okay, let's call them person A and person B. <laughs> okay. It's shorter than party with feelings, party with feelings. All right. Person A and person B enter into a friends with benefits arrangement. Person A has no feelings for person B outside of this arrangement. Person mm -hmm. B has feelings for person A and is hoping that this will turn into a relationship. Okay. Okay. Um, now, so far we've been talking about, okay, if person A kind of suspects that that's maybe what's going on, what's their duty? Um, and I think, and I think the paternalism comes from the, um, from take, taking that sort of uncertainty and then like, you know, assuming that this person is, <laughs> It doesn't know what they're doing, um, and and needs someone to like <laughs> tell them what to do, basically, uh, and that that that's where it potentially becomes a bit paternalistic. Now, mm -hmm. if there was a person C who is a mutual friend of person A and person B, and person C knows knows with certainty that person B uh, wants this to be more than just a friends with benefits arrangement, and person B then a person C then tells person A, hey, I know I know this is a friends with benefits thing, but person B actually you know wants it to be more than that and that's really their true goal here um and they will be hurt if it doesn't become more than that or, or whatever then now that all uncertainty is removed um mm -hmm. like person a knows that person b wants this to be more than a friends of benefits thing do you think that like changes that changes the duty because now i think I, I think if person a knows for sure then there's a, there's actually nothing paternalistic about being like hey look <laughs> this isn't going to this isn't what you think like this isn't going to happen <laughs> kind of thing that there's nothing paternalistic about that because there's no uncertainty the, the the paternalism i don't think comes from the uncertainty it comes from the therefore i'm ending this relationship in an attempt to protect you from your own feelings yeah i'm being the bigger person kind yeah. of thing as opposed to just having, I, th I think we're all agree that having a conversation about it is is, is obviously is like a good thing yeah, to do. Yeah, that's the solution. But the question is beyond that point. Let's say person B says, "Oh no, no, it's it's fine." You know, <laughs> I actually don't have the feelings or, or whatever. You know, as if you know, would person A have a, a moral duty to end the arrangement anyway? Yeah, and I think it's a similar kind of concept to like this whole, you know, avoiding a topic to talk about because you're concerned that the other person might. Da, da, da. You're in that context. You are being paternalistic, i.e. I'm going to be the bigger person and not talk about this thing, removing the choice from the other person to essentially, React. you know, uh, treating them not as an individual, but as a, <laughs> as a child, <laughs> for example. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, that's interesting. How did we get onto this? Uh, Tame took issue with paternalism in the context of oh, trigger warnings and caveating, okay. et cetera. Okay. And I guess we agreed that caveats in the, in the, in the realm of, look, <laughs> this is a complicated topic and we are discussing one facet of it is a reasonable caveat to make. Yeah. But to not publish a podcast episode because we have some sort of paternalistic duty towards our listeners yeah, because not. they can't take the fact that we're talking about men and women in broad general terms. Mm -hmm. It's probably not, probably suboptimal. The, so the, I realize we've gone on for quite a while now. There's a final thing that I think it's important to talk about, which is the language and the tone that um, that is used. And I think a lot of what people were 
I mean, certainly at least one person who reached out, um, the, it seems like they took issue with sort of the language and the tone. Okay. Mm. And so uh, let me, I actually saved some clips from the podcast um, where I thought, okay, Ali has said something which <laughs> where, the, where the tone or the language is uh, potentially problematic. Uh, so let me dig that out. Um, I think before you play these clips, uh, <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, I was not in the slightest careful about my terminology because the way that I was, <clears throat> yeah, I was, I was just treating this as a, as a, as a, as a conversation between friends rather than as a public domain podcast at the time. Classic. But, yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm just going to play it into the mic so people can hear these little clips. Hopefully that won't come out too bad. Friend would kind of know me well enough to point it out and be like, "This is this is sort of feminine energy you're, you're giving across." Uh, I'm not saying I fully buy all of this stuff, but it, it is stuff that I've been I've been thinking oh, about. Interesting. And most and most traditional advice on the dating front is that if you're a dude, you want to have masculine energy rather than feminine energy. Right. So yeah, and I'm, just glad, some... I'm glad that we got this out of the way while it's still 2020 because our resolution for 2021 was to not get any more comments about being misogynists. <laughs> I don't think we're at risk. No, I don't, I don't think we're at risk of sounding misogynist here. <laughs> this is female friends of mine actively, you know, in a good-natured way, giving me advice on how to be more attractive to women and saying that ramping up masculine energy and dialing down feminine energy is the way forward, which I don't think is particularly controversial. All right, that actually I don't happen. see anything wrong with that. those things. I feel like I caveated quite a lot there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most traditional dating advice about men talking about how to become more attractive to women in general says X. <laughs> Sheen, did you have an issue? With, I have like four or five of these clips. We're just going to play them and see if, if, if any of us can spot any bad use of language or tone. Sheen, were you okay with that? Yes. Okay, next one. Very sort of me, me doing like a toothy kind of grin, like smiling and showing my teeth. And in general, the advice for guys, uh, not just from this friend, but on the internet as well, because the internet's always right, is that if you're a guy, then uh, showing your teeth and smiling widely is generally a sort of nice guy, goofy kind of smile. Whereas smiling without showing your teeth is more like a sexy, mysterious kind of smile. Um, you got this on Reddit? <laughs> uh, I got it on uh, WikiHow, actually. So... <laughs> Um, Amazing. So all of this was my friend telling me that I needed to completely do a makeover of my Hinge profile because, you know, I'd, he, he, he was like, look, if you're in a relationship, then at that, if you're in a long-term relationship, then at that point, maybe they'll think it's cute that you're into Harry Potter. But, you know, <laughs> if you're trying to get girls on Hinge, then... Okay, so I think the reason I highlighted that was because you said the phrase, if you're trying to get girls, get girls on Hinge. And I think in that is something of people, that is it reported speech from like a male friend of mine being like look man i'm gonna tell it to you real uh, fine yeah yeah look yeah it's, again it's, I'm, is that problematic it's, it's reported speech but let's just talk about the general language fine it is reported in this instance but like i think using the term get girls is um has misogynistic undertones mm -hmm. probably i agree agreed yes <laughs> okay so that's probably something we shouldn't uh the, it's probably the kind of thing we shouldn't say um actually okay yeah let's let's play the next one blue which is still the, the sorts of t-shirts i wear but you know communicates feminine energy and actually this friend i was having a chat with last night said look ali mate you've got to lose the pink t-shirts they, they should they should go in the bin and never come out again <laughs> bloody hell man <laughs> so I'm, ba I'm basically getting assaulted from all angles here <laughs> do you seek this out this is my this is my do you seek out, review do you seek out all of this feedback um about your like how you come across to romantic prospects or do people volunteer this i mean the email was someone like volunteering the feedback with your friends do they <laughs> Do they think, man, I've just got to, I've got to tell this guy? <laughs> or like, are you, ask, are you like asking your female friends, like, you know, how can I get better? Um, I don't usually, because normally female friends are unreliable in this department, because obviously they're going to say, oh, just be yourself. Yeah. Um, or I'll, I'll, 
Okay, so there's a few things to unpack there. It sounds like you were making a generalization about women. Because female friends will just tell you to be, be yourself. yourself. I said, uh, yeah, I was. I was saying, in general, my 51% of my female friends, <laughs> you know, would, would tell me to be myself rather than actually give me constructive criticism about how I can improve myself to be more attractive. While that may be true. I would argue this number is higher than 51%. <laughs> I, th I think it is accurate, but mm. I can... I like I, th I think just the tone is uh, look I, I don't think it's like misogynistic or, or, or whatever but I can I, I, I can I, I see why the tone I think I think we need to, 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 okay. to define misogynistic what is misogynistic let's mean, start Shane? with you two telling me what you understand about misogynistic I well, think it means women hating okay that's it like yeah that's the okay. only definition I've ever come across what do you think Timo women Google it. what do you mean by women hating how many people hate women I mean like homophobia Hate, fear slash hatred of, of, of homosexuals. This, this is not a phobia. Anyway, wait, we'll unpack him in a bit. You. <laughs> yeah, I'd say probably misogyny is like a, yeah, some, some kind of mindset wherein women are inferior to men, I suppose. So how do you think misogyny is different to sexism? Oh, mate, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So according I'm, to me... Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you said that because I was about to say, by the way, I don't think most people are agreed on these terms. <laughs> yeah. According to me, my definition of misogyny is it's the implementation strategy of sexism. Oh, hello. So sexism is, you know, um, we have all of these beliefs of like women are inferior and, you know, blah, 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 all the stereotypes that are toxic about women. And then misogyny is kind of like, okay, yes, these things are true and we have to defend these things, which is why then any woman that conforms to this is fine. And anyone who challenges sexism, then who is not, you know, what, what women should be according to what sexist rules are, then they are punished by misogyny or they are called out by misogyny. Do you understand this? No. <sighs> okay. I, I, so, I, don't, I don't think we actually, do we actually need to get into like these definitions? I, I think the meaningful definition is like, would a woman listening to this feel kind of bad? <laughs> yeah, but, but it's good to, because I feel like, for example, you just think it's, that it's the hatred of women being misogynist. So but, what, what's an example? Okay. Uh, what, what, do, what would you say are examples of misogyny that you've seen in my, in my life, for example? I don't know about your life. I okay. haven't. I mean, really we've lived together that. for the last three months. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I want uh, to hear this. Yeah, let's go into this. God. No, like genuinely, do you think that I'm I I come up because if I come across as misogynistic, then th clearly I need to change something about my behavior because it is never intended to be <laughs> misogynistic. Mm. And for example, in this podcast, I did not intend in the slightest to come across as misogynistic. The comment in this in 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 question here is usually so uh, when Tamil says, "Do your friends." do your female friends slash friends give you this feedback or do you have to actively ask for it? And I said, well, depends on the friend because most of my female friends are, w w would not actually tell me the truth in an attempt to hurt my feelings, uh, in, an, in an attempt to spare my feelings. So very few of them would actually be willing to give me the unfiltered truth about what's going to make me more attractive and therefore I, I talk about it to them. And it sounds like the, the issue you're taking with is me. I, I, I guess it, you know, if I was talking about women in general and I said, huh, lol, women in general don't give good feedback because they're too, they care too much about feelings, that would be one thing. Whereas if it's a, lol, my, my female friends are, are, are too nice to me and therefore they won't give me feedback, therefore they're unreliable in that department, which was the phrase that I used, which is me kind of making a, in, in my mind, a playful comment about my female friends who I'm very close to and who are kind enough to not give me 
constructive criticism when I ask for it. I don't think that's particularly misogynistic, but call me old-fashioned. I'm more, I'm more than happy to further moderate my tone in future. <laughs> Even when talking about close female friends of mine mm-hmm. in an attempt to not make some women listening to the podcast feel as if I'm misogynizing women as a whole, as opposed to specifically talking about 51% of a handful of very, very close female friends of mine. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> think you are misogynistic, but I do think that that statement comes across a bit iffy of like my female friends would care about my feelings why is that iffy it's just it, i'm not saying it is it in, comes in across this, as iffy yeah for it sure it comes across Bloody as hell. iffy because you're saying <laughs> okay. my female friends okay care about my feelings and the the, the tone of saying it is like ugh, as expected <laughs> yeah no, in fairness, that was the tone. <laughs> Thank you. I made some progress. God. Okay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, like the tone is definitely oh, and, iffy. Oh, and so and so the expectation, or or rather the the assumption that women would be more concer- concerned about my yeah. about hurting it's my feelings stereotype. than men, yeah, is a stereotype, and it's 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 a bad stereotype. I mean, it sounds like a pretty positive trait. I would love to be more concerned with people's feelings. But but it's it's not up to you to decide what should be a positive trait for women. Right, it's not that's that's you d- deciding that. Oh, but it's it's good for women to be known for that. He's saying it's Why good for humans. He's it's not about women. It's, he's saying it's a positive yeah. trait for human beings. But but he that's did a fair say thing to say. Male friends, yeah. rather than saying because the specific context is my close female friends telling me how to be more attractive to women. It would right, be look. We, look, we I think I think we're all on the same page. The tone, yeah. the tone yeah. is iffy. It's like obviously, you didn't mean any harm by it. It's not inaccurate. Yeah. Like. But the, it's just the, tone. the tone is a bit iffy. Uh, uh, whether you think it's iffy enough to change, I don't know. Personally, I, personally yeah. I don't think it's iffy enough to change. I think, I think like there's a danger of. <laughs> I think when I talk about this stuff, I'm I'm too wary about how things are going to be interpreted, and I tend to go into this mode of talking in a very like clinical and you know, <laughs> um, sort of person with feelings, person without feelings. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just like a very clinical and academic manner, just just to make sure like I'm not you know. I'm going to get misinterpreted or anything. I don't think that's necessarily good. Anyway, we'll play the next clip. You should go in the bit and never come out again. Oh, wait, sorry, we've had that. Friends, like, you know, how can I get better? Um, I don't usually, because normally female friends are unreliable in this department. Wait, what? Obviously, they're going to say, oh, just be yourself. Yeah. Or, you know, it's it's really cute how you wear pink T-shirts. I'm like, okay, well, (laughs) the pink T-shirts are going to be good. (laughs) Yeah. Whereas with a subset of friends who of female friends who I know I can I can rely on to tell me the truth, they will actually be like, "Look, man, like, like, like yeah, like you know, if there are friends of mine and yours who, if they came to us and said, you know, how can I get better with the ladies slash with the men? There are some who you would give honest advice to, and some who you wouldn't give honest advice to. And so I go I try and go for the ones who who I know would give me honest advice. Yeah, that makes sense. So partly that's why I'm wearing a white T-shirt. I think it's the ladies. Yeah, yeah. So I think the reason I highlighted this was you said that you said the phrase get better with the ladies (laughs) or men you said to the ladies or men get better yeah get better with the ladies or men okay it's fine um do you see the difference my tone of voice i I, so i assumed my tone of voice would have put air quotes in that yeah yeah yeah. that's that's how i read that yeah like get get, get better okay really okay (laughs) get better with the ladies is me air quoting (laughs) a thing (laughs) i did not hear it i apologize Okay, so like without the air quotes, we're using the term like get better with the ladies. It's it's iffy for sure, you know. <laughs> At least puzzles. Oh, oh, sorry, I talked to me. No, yeah, I think if it's if if it's without air quotes, it's obviously a ridiculous thing to say. And the only reason I would say it is with air quotes because it's such a ridiculous thing to say. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like in that context, fine, it might be iffy, but... <laughs> 
I don't know. It's hard to hear the air quotes, man. It's a podcast. I heard the air quotes, but I guess we need to be a bit more mindful that uh, yeah. other mm-hmm. people might not hear them. All right, this is the final clip. On the, like, for example, transactional analysis sort of comes into social interaction. Yeah, I guess it does, yeah. I feel like there's a lot more to be said on the social interaction front. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, well, one thing that I, w- I would be keen on is actually exploring um, in a sort of, uh, what's it, in a dispassionate fashion, uh, the less less mainstream slash less politically correct texts around social interaction. <laughs> the scriptures. <laughs> the scriptures, yeah. Are we, so, are we so talking think, things like The Game by Neil Strauss, or are we talking... I was thinking like more like... More more acceptable uh, than that. The the Prince by Machiavelli and <laughs> okay, uh, but no, but no. Also, I was I was thinking things like the game by Neil Strauss or, and permutations of it that are in, have been allegedly updated for twenty twenty. I think that would be very interesting. Hmm. What do you think would be interesting? Oh, okay, I'm not sure why I highlighted that. Maybe I accidentally highlighted the wrong bit, um, but that doesn't seem too terrible. Sheen, no, that's not, no. Okay, nothing. And then I'll I'll just read out um, some excerpts. Uh, I'll, I'll anonymize this, but of a DM that we got relating, I think, to the language. Yeah, so this person suggested that we should reconsider the way we talk about this topic. Um, They said, trying to get girls, getting good with the ladies, your friend who's good with the game, all of that sounds objectifying and uncomfortable. Agreed. It's all in air quotes, but uh, agreed. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so I think maybe we need to make it clear that those things are in air quotes, because I don't think either of us actually use those terms uh, sincerely. Uh, And... And yeah, I think this person also took issue with the fact that we uh, sort of talk about it as if it's a game. Okay. Um, yeah, so she, she said, on, on the one hand, you, you, you guys always talk about this stuff as if it's some kind of game. And then on the other hand, you say that, you know, you're looking for a, a wife, a lot, sort of long-term partner you can spend the rest of your life with. Um, and they say, so are you actually trying to get lots of girls or are you searching for a partner you vibe with? The language you use seems inconsistent. Okay. I mean, I've... I feel like it's probably not the game issue itself because we have a lot of framings on this podcast about how all of life is really a game. In fact, the podcast yeah, before last about was about sincere versus seriously yeah. treating life as a game. So I think the game itself is probably not problematic yeah. unless people are mapping it onto their pattern of like, oh my God, I heard there was a pickup artist book called The Game and oh my God, these guys are awful, which I don't think we can really legislate for particularly. Mm. It sounds like the issue is like, yeah, we do talk about finding a wife. And yet we also talk about this idea of being more attractive to women. And I guess it's similar to what Sheen was saying is that finding a partner is multifactorial. Finding someone to have a one night stand with is less multifactorial and more based on looks. Mm -hmm. And by virtue of the fact that we were talking more about looks in the last episode, to an extent, we also talked about behavior, things like being a bit more stoic and, and stuff. But by focusing on looks, we run the risk of people thinking that we are treating this as a unifactorial topic rather than a multifactorial one. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's the problem. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't think these two ideas are at odds, you know, wanting to find a sort of long-term partner and wanting to be more attractive to potential partners in general. Like, I, I think they are yeah, very they're aligned. Like... <laughs> yeah. she, 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 she and I were having a long conversation about this yesterday where... <laughs> It's where a big part of the disagreement seemed to be on this very issue. Wait, what? Uh, Sheen, do you think those two ideas are at odds? Did I? No. I think I, I think we were doing a lot of talking past each other where I was... Uh, you, you were saying that, well, yes, changing the way you dress or changing the way you look might help you attract a partner in the short term, but it's not the way for a healthy, happy relationship. It's not the only... It's not the only thing that matters. <laughs> yeah, and I was saying it correct. It's not the only thing that matters, yeah. but it, it's, you know, given that... More than 51% of relationships these days are started on online apps, which are based 
almost entirely on looks, it's a reasonable starting point. Yes. But what Tamor is saying is more that, you know, being attractive doesn't mean trying to work on yourself to attract a partner doesn't mean you're not looking for a long-term partner. doesn't yeah. mean you're just trying to get loads of yeah, girls. Like if, you, if you're looking for a long-term partner, <laughs> probably the best strategy is also to be... You. <laughs> yeah, get, get loads of girls. <laughs> In air quotes. Um, yeah, so I think this person was just uncomfortable phrases like getting ladies. Um, she said, please talk about women as people, not as snacks. And... <laughs> Getting better with the ladies, getting girls. Did you talk about women as snacks? I mean, if you if you if you're air quoting get girls, and it's, it's similar to like get a bag of crisps. In that context, I guess it comes across as a snack. I don't know. If she is snack, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. To be clear, okay. that was a joke. <laughs> okay, Tim, what do you want to explain that? That was a joke based on the colloquial usage of the word snack to mean a person who is attractive, <laughs> okay? Well, That's what that was. <laughs> uh, okay, and then finally... Um, I think there is a risk in this episode in sounding as if we are trivializing yeah. people's issues with the podcast. I felt this a little bit right at the start when you were saying, so uh, last week we had loads of comments about how we were like, uh, you know, sexist and stuff. Uh, it was, was sort of how it sounded. And I was thinking, ooh, Someone is going to take issue with the fact that you were sort of smiling shyly while you were while you were saying that, but it's fine. Possibly. Um, let me have a think about that. I just meant it as a as a casual throwaway. Look, the thing is, and I think we do often make light out of things. Like we'll make a joke out of I don't know, kids being treated not as people. <laughs> you know, despite the fact that the overall aim of the podcast is for tame to get people to treat kids more like people. Yeah, I think you can keep things light while also taking them seriously. I mean, I do think we're are thinking about these things seriously i think at the start i definitely railed against this uh, particular mindset of like not listening to what's actually being said and i think a lot of the criticism is that and yeah i'm not i'm not going to sugarcoat i'm not going to sugarcoat that i think if people have an issue with something that we're not actually saying i think it's perfectly reasonable for me to come out and say look listen to what we're actually saying and then if you object to it that's fine um i, I think like yeah, just because it's feedback or criticism doesn't mean you have to accept that it's correct. You know, I think you probably have a bias towards sort of seeing your own blind spots. But if I think a particular angle of feedback or criticism is just not correct or not true, I think it's perfectly reasonable for us to, I mean, sort of dismiss it. Obviously not like be disrespectful towards any individuals that have said that or dismiss any individuals, but like dismiss the broad class of feedback. I think that's absolutely fine. I don't think we need to like pussyfoot around this. All right, that was maybe a bad choice of words. <laughs> what? Wow. Purely uh, a veterinary terminology there. <laughs> wow. Is that problematic? What do you think? I'm just Googling it. No, dude, it's in the Oxford English Dictionary. Uh, if it's got the P word in it, it's always going to be problematic. Act in a cautious or non-committal way. Dude, this is like an actual word. I think it's because yeah. cats walk very softly. Uh, How about uh, that? <laughs> yeah, we can go into this. Yeah, I don't uh, want to be part of this. <laughs> wait. All right. Tim was just trying to make sure he's not going to get cancelled today. He it's, will. It's in the Oxford English Dictionary, therefore it's legit. I don't want to be part legit. of this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Are other rude words in the Oxford English Dictionary as well, Tamor? <laughs> Does that make it acceptable to say them? Just give me a second here. Ah, 
pussyfoot, which means a delicate soft step, comes from the imagery of a cat's careful tread. To pussyfoot is to proceed with caution, subtlety, and delicacy, and it's used pejoratively. The term is American in origin and dates to at least 1893. So actually, you guys should get your head out of the gutter, and what I said was perfectly fine, and people have been saying it for quite a while. How about that? To be honest, I, I only heard the first half. I didn't hear the foot at the end, so. <laughs> <laughs> what? All right, whatever. Anyway, I'm in the clear. Uh, is is the, uh, I mean, the conclusion well, of that? How people react to that? Um, yeah, so I think I think language look language is probably important. I think we should probably be a bit clearer about when we're using what. Sorry, oh, please continue. Why does Sheen sigh at me? <laughs> Not <laughs> you at him. Why did you sigh, Ali? He keeps dropping his pens, and I keep having to find him new pens. Oh, okay, nice. So yeah, throughout the episode, I've been spinning a pen on my on my hands, and about six of them are currently under underneath the desk. <laughs> so Sheen keeps on handing me more pens <laughs> to fulfill my addiction of pen spinning, <laughs> and then I drop them, and then she sighs. Nice. Sorry, you were, you were, I feel like you were making a good point there. Yeah, I think look, language is important. We should probably be a, a bit clearer when we're sort of using a term ironically or in quotes. Uh, rather than using terms sincerely. I don't think we actually think about and talk about things as like getting girls and things like that. Um, we may say these things sometimes um, ironically or whatever, but uh, we should probably be clearer about that. Um, yeah. I'd like to re-emphasize the point that I think something is lost when if you are just sort of really clinical about things all the time. Like, for example, I think the vast majority of women listening to last week's episode had no problem with it. I have confirmation from a female friend of mine who listened to it yesterday or the day before or something. Uh, and she literally said, like, I have, I have no idea how that could be interpreted as mis misogynistic. So I, I think, like, we don't, don't want to overcorrect on this. You know, you don't want this to, yeah, just be, like, super dry all the time because you're having to use, like, 10 words to describe something that could be described in one word to 99% of people, you know? So I think we should bear that in mind, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. Um this is always the case with like um with the, with with any sort of comments online is that the you know the 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 subset of people who will reach out to comment about something is usually not representative of the broader population yeah yeah um but it's good that people who have strong feelings about the stuff that we're doing are getting in touch cuz we'd much rather know that some people are feeling in that in that way so we can talk about it and and stuff uh if you're a person who takes issue with the, the way that we talk about women or anything else, again, please definitely do get in touch. And, you know, we'd love to <laughs> kind of talk about this stuff a little bit more. And yeah, please be specific about it. I think last week, the discussions on the sort of two or three conversations on Twitter was a, were the first time we actually had a sort of some specific feedback about what was bad about what we said or whatever. Um, I, we can't really do anything with a generic review or email saying like, oh, that was misogynistic. Um, so I think specific is good, and we're always totally down to get specific feedback about how we can improve. Sheen, anything to add to the discussion that we haven't touched on, or like any other points you'd like to make? No, I think this was we've made some good progress today. I think good, and I think it's good on you that you addressed um, the comments that you got on last week's episode, and it's good that you're open for conversation about these things. And I think we're all good. Thank you. Uh, we'll give you your fee later on. Should we end, end by plugging your podcast as well? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, and, so, your, and your new Instagram page too? Well, oh, well, yeah. While, while we're there. You know, just Look like at plug, you remembering. Plug all the things. See, I'm a good listener. You are. Okay. So firstly, the podcast is called Dream Comma Girl. Um, so it's all about trying to, um, you know, share 
different journeys and different experiences of different women in different industries and doing very different things with their lives and just showing that women are now everywhere and there are not um, singular paths about getting into any kind of career. Um, and it's been very interesting. I've learned a lot from um, all of these wonderful women. Um, so please do give it a listen. And the second one is my Instagram page, which is called The Walk Tribe. Walk meaning women of color. W O C. Sorry? W-O-C is how it's yes. spelled. Yes, there we go. Yeah. Um, so this is an online community. We're trying to create a platform to give women of color um, somewhere to, you know, talk about all the things that they want to talk about and also make new friends and just share their experiences and also generally to try and actually find practical ways of dealing with things that um, we're not happy with the way things are, for example. Um, so yeah, this is on Instagram. So do follow us. Awesome. Uh, we'll put links to uh, Dream Girl, the podcast, and Sheen's Instagram in the show notes. Uh, finally, I think a couple of things to mention. Uh, last week, we uh, decided to kick off our members community. And so we had a bunch of people who uh, have registered to join the Not Overthinking members community. Uh, we'll be actually setting that up uh, today. Uh, so we had a bunch of people who uh, expressed interest in joining. And so if if you're one of those, we will be sending you an email later today uh, with some details of how to join uh, primarily the WhatsApp group chat to start off with, and then we'll see uh, how it evolves from there. So thanks to everyone who signed up. Um, and if you didn't sign up or can't afford it right now, don't worry, we do want to make this um, a broader thing that's more accessible. And so over the next few months, we'll be trying to figure out how to sustainably sort of scale up the community uh, that lets more people join without kind of uh, reducing the quality. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, anything else that we need to discuss, Ali or Shane? No, I think that's it. I guess we just wish everyone a very happy new year. Thank you for listening to the podcast and hope that you stick with us for another year. <laughs> awesome. that's it for this week thank you for listening if you like this episode please leave us a review on apple podcasts or on the apple podcast website if you're not using an iphone there's a link in the show notes if you've got any thoughts on this episode or any ideas for new podcast topics we'd love to get an audio message from you with your conundrum question or just anything that we could discuss yeah if you're up for having your voice played on the podcast and your question being the springboard for our discussion email us an audio file mp3 or voice note to hi at notoverthinking.com. if you've got thoughts but you'd rather not have your voice played publicly that's fine as well tweet or or DM us at N Overthinking on Twitter, please. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.